Yeah. 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 We trust you. What's up? Throw on them, baby. There we go. Let's get it. Tuition paid. Now, normally in RJ, we trust. Don't deviate. This week we can't. He's not here. He left it. He left us to our own devices, but he did leave us with a great idea and said, you know what? Instead of doing a watered down uh, dream pod without me, why don't you just make it an awesome straight out of Vegas episode? So that's what we did. And I think you guys will enjoy it. We, we, we hit a lot of topics, gave out some good best bets, some good futures bets, lots of stuff in there. Uh, and as RJ would do in this spot, I'm going to tell you a way to save some money over at pregame. And this is a great offer. And they don't do this very often. It's the first Friday bulk dollar bonanza. And what that means is you can spend $10 on bulk dollars and get 50 bulk dollars. That's Fez, you're the you're the math guy here. That's like 500%, right? It is. So that basically means you can go ahead uh, most packages are priced at 20 daily packages at $25 or less, so you're absolutely you can get two free best bets from might be a Scott Seidenberg NHL game of the week or an AJ Hoffman college basketball game of the week. Um, or even like you could save it, never expires. You could do a Dave Essler spring football game of the week. I believe he went like 13 and two last year. Yeah. And all you got to do, go to pregame.com, click buy picks at the top of the page, then look under special discounts. It will be there. And you might be saying, well, who do we want to buy? I'm not trying to brag. I am over 60 units in college hoops this season, so that's that's strong. They keep listening to me at the top. I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm the best right now. You know what? And I've gone through <laughs> each and every pregame pro across the board. Okay. And you are the best in terms oh, of units one across the board. And I'm a huge believer in, like, like I can I, literally I can hate you. And if you're winning, I am going to completely promote you and recommend you and I really like you. So why you. wouldn't you buy AJ Hoffman? If you're buying, I mean there's many other very capable handicappers, but if you're buying them and you're not buying AJ Hoffman, well, Fezzik thinks you're a dumbo. Well, the truth be told, and I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. Someone uh, sent me a message saying uh, it was today saying I think Fezzik stole one of your plays and posted it as his own. Absolutely. And I said, UCLA. No, not UCLA. It was oh, the, no, they uh, lost. The, yeah, they lost. They yeah, stayed off of that one. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> I, I think you, you had South Dakota State, and I had South Dakota State. And I said, he said, does it make you mad when he does that? I said, not at all, because. Because, yeah, because I asked you. Yeah, I mean, well, first, first of all, yeah, he asked me. But secondly, like, trust me, there, as great as my NFL season was, and it was fantastic. A lot of those early releases came from my boy Fez. Wow. So no, you're, uh, be, you're being too kind. You do your own work, and I mean, bottom line, it's true. You had a great day today. You won eighty percent. I won a hundred percent. You cho you chose the you, you pulled the black <laughs> rock or the white rock, right? I drove. I, I chose the white marble out of the That's urn right. that you had full of white marbles and one black marble. Yeah, there was plenty of white marbles. So to great, choose great from. job by you. But uh, Griffin as well is right around thirty. Griffin units. Warner is having a fantastic year. 
as well. So uh, with March Madness right around the corner, um, they're, they're, you, you should get Griffin and AJ. And uh, I, I really I can't imagine that you wouldn't as as much success as you've had. And if you like the NBA, Sleepy J is up. Over, he's 21.4 NBA units this Way season. Way to go, Sleepy. I was unaware of that. That's uh, fantastic. Gr- Greg great, great Shaker job. up 21 units. He's got the hat, right? Uh, I think so. Yes. And Spartan plus eight. Point two units on the season. So you can get any of those guys with your bulk dollars, your bulk dollar bonanza. There's also a contest going, the Madness Contest, they call it. It's a college basketball contest, starts on March 5th, runs through the championship game, sides and totals only, 50-pick minimum, 300-pick maximum, net profit wins. So, so mm-hmm. most net units wins. First place, 300 pregame bulk dollars. Second place, 200 pregame bulk dollars. Third place, 150 and fourth through 10th all get 100 pregame bulk dollars. So, uh, and it's free to enter. So, why wouldn't you play it uh, and get yourself some of those free bulk dollars? Action starts with the conference tourney. So, uh, get yourself signed up. All right, let's get on to the show. It is Friday, March 1st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. It's an SOV Dream Pod Takeover. Hit the music. That's right. We are straight out of Vegas AM. But we are also the dream preview this week. It's wild. We're, we're double dipping, Scott. It's a takeover, AJ. Steve Fezzik is here, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest. Hello, Steve. You know, I'm looking at AJ's beard, and it like it's cool. It, like I've, I've never really seen that before. His facial hair like goes all the way up like behind his ear. It's cool. What, I'm behind my ear? All the way to the top of the ear. Like, it goes oh, yeah. deep. That's that's unusual, right? Well, I mean, I, most like, it's rare to see, like, for bald men to have the beard, you've got to pick a line. Like, where you cut. Yeah. Like, where you go yeah, from where's your sideburn to head. Mm. And I always just chose that line as, like, the demarcation. The line. top of the ear. That's cool. Is it, you think it's too much? Where should I start? Oh, no, I like it. Okay, it's like Mr. Clean. You. I don't know. <laughs> now you're just making fun of him for being bald. No, it's, it's hurtful, but I, I don't know. No, Mr. Clean's a stud. As you can see, even though RJ is not here, the same shenanigans still <laughs> taking place. <laughs> We're going to start, AJ, in the NFL. It's combine week in the NFL. It is, and uh, if you if you didn't hear uh, SOV yesterday, you should tune in, uh, hear what Lance Erline had to say. We had a good discussion with him about uh, the quarterbacks and kind of the way the – the, the way that the combine is headed or trending where these guys aren't working out. And I don't particularly love it. I don't think NFL teams particularly love it, but I'm sure agents do because it's one less thing that their clients might screw up. Yeah, but we've seen this over the past couple of years. And sure, there are guys like an Anthony Richardson that can be a, a workout warrior that then boosts his draft stock up in the combine. But for the most part, we're seeing the NFL combine become just the nfl convention where the agents the gms everyone's meeting together everyone's talking and every day new information is being leaked earlier this week we heard from the bears general manager ryan poles head coach matt eberflus talking about what they're going to do with the quarterback situation fez has your opinion changed or what's your opinion first off on what the bears need to do with justin fields or the number one overall pick they need to trick someone into taking him 
<laughs> and paying him $40 million a year, and the Bears need a quarterback. So the Bears, they need to jettison Fields for whatever they can get for him and take that number one pick and put him on a rookie deal. And if he pans out, they can become a contender. Listen, I- I'm a big believer in this. If the if the Bears or if there were teams willing to trade up last year for what the Bears got to give up, to basically give, give up the opportunity to draft Bryce Young, mm-hmm. I would think that there'd be teams more than willing to give the same package, if not more, to go get Caleb Williams. Because I would think more because Caleb Williams is on a different level than Bryce. Most yeah, the think problem Caleb- is Caleb Williams is good. <laughs> right. Or has the potential to be good. We don't know he's good. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and this is something Scott and I were discussing the other day. Scott said maybe the Bryce Young thing turns people off from trading up. And I said, if imagine they traded up and they took C.J. Stroud and they got – what the Texans got out of C.J. Stroud. Now, I know it's not like a direct line one to the other. I know there's other circumstances involved, but let's just pretend the Panthers traded up to one, took C.J. Stroud, and he was C.J. Stroud this year. No one would be saying, man, they sure gave up a lot to get him. That's right. They'd be saying, what a brilliant move. I, I think back to this all the time, and I, because here's what I believe. If you trade up and the guy stinks, everyone remembers you traded mm-hmm. up. If you trade up and the guy's good, no one remembers and no one cares. I still think about the idea that the Bills traded down to the Chiefs so the Chiefs could take Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, God, what could have been? <laughs> what could have been if the Bills had just said, you know what, screw it, we're taking him. I, I mean, it, w- it I, again, I don't know that it, without Andy Reid, what's Patrick Mahomes turn into? Well, yeah, that's a great question because it seems like obviously Mahomes is God. Right, but but then again, at Texas Tech, it was nothing. He was he was nothing special. And, so, and, and would Mahomes have been better than Josh Allen? Probably not. In the if he went to Buffalo, probably right. not. Well, and that's the the one thing the Bills. I mean, fortunately for them, got probably the the second best quarterback in the mm-hmm. league as the backup plan, and it it's worked out for them. But if they were still like the the Cleveland Browns or the Panthers scuffling trying to find the right guy, like you'd look back at that and go, "What the hell were we thinking?" But I, I really think, like, when you trade up, it, it's only remembered that you traded up when it when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as, as long as, you know, Caleb Williams ends up being good, and this is the, the other beauty of Caleb Williams, there will be people years down the road who will look back at, the, at last year's draft and say, I can't believe the Panthers – thought Bryce Young was better than C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's fair is is a different but story. But that's never going to happen in this case. No it, one will ever a, say, I can't believe you drafted Caleb Williams number one. It's the de facto number one slam dunk. If, if yeah. Trevor Lawrence never gets better than he is now, no one will ever blame the Jags for taking him number one because there was no one in the world who wouldn't have taken him yeah. number one. And it seems like there's no one in the world who wouldn't take Caleb Williams number one. So th- that's the the upside to trading up this time. Is of course they said that about Bo and draft day, and he didn't go till the number seven pick, right? I I don't. I, you yeah, but his teammates didn't go to his birthday party. That's true. <laughs> you guys know more about. I've seen draft day once, and I thought, man, this is a shitty movie. What? You guys seem to like be able to quote the whole damn movie. It's 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 a it's a good bad movie. Okay, that's the that's the best way to describe it. It's a it's an entertaining watch. It's not real. It's not realistic. It's 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 nice to see the NFL actually contribute to a movie. I was so when that movie came out, 
that was when I was working in New York. The Super Bowl was in New York. Yeah, Kevin Costner came on my show. Super Kevin Bowl. Costner was on my show too. I have the photos, right? But that's still uh, when, like, it's of all the people I've met in my career, it's like the one person that like my mother is like shocked about, or is like it's the most famous person that I've ever met is Kevin Costner. <laughs> but they showed draft day at at Radio Row. Like there was a yeah, special media yep. screening for draft day. So we all got to see the movie early before it came out. And it was like the NFL was like so excited that they actually because most of the time when you see like movies that involve football, the NFL is not involved. No. Any given Sunday was a phenomenal movie, but they had to make up a fake league with fake teams. Yeah. Because the NFL wanted no part of it. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if the NFL would like if that would have been the the Miami Dolphins. Like, yeah. Or anything. If they would have had any cooperation. Who is your most famous person that you've interacted with oh that's a good question um probably beyonce wow i think i think it's going to be hard to trump that yes. yeah unless you meet taylor uh, swift unless, yes and yeah no no uh no taylor swift but i think yeah it's beyonce i'm pretty sure impressive yeah. you dated her no god no but you, you know what's crazy my co-host in austin yeah dated kelly Rowland. like do you remember beyonce was in destiny's child yeah, one of the other yeah i'll take your words for it. Child, so, yeah her first band was called destiny's child and okay. that's where she got big but one of the girls in destiny's child was named kelly Rowland. okay and my buddy dated her in high school huh and wow yeah not a not, not a bad uh not, not a bad notch to have Who's the most say. famous person you met fez joe girardi okay yeah when well i thought you met mike krzyzewski Oh, that's true. Mike Krzyzewski is more famous. I think yeah. so. And by, by, since I met him in the bathroom, it's probably <laughs> not going to – but, but I actually would like – like I won't say I was friends with Joe Girardi, but, like, you know, we we talked quite a bit. We were in a lot of different class. I always respected the heck out of him. He was hung out with the – we had a shortstop, John Stewart. He was a real prospect. Joe, he was a pretty average catcher. He had no chance to ever have a major league career. It worked out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who's more famous now, Beyonce or Joe Rogan? Oh, Beyonce. Beyonce. Okay. Not, yeah. All right. I'm not, even say, sure, I, I'm not even sure who Joe Rogan is, so there okay. you go. Well, well, yeah, yeah, and Joe, I'm in the field. Joe Rogan would be in the conversation as well, I guess. Yeah. Dana White, like those types of guys. Okay. But, well, that's uh, the thing. Yeah, I have, like, fame is relative because... I, I, there's sports famous, then there's famous famous. And there's, there's world famous, yeah. yeah. Like, there's people that I've interacted with, and, and whether it's just on a show or off the show or getting punched in the face by Charlie Sheen, like... Those things happen to me, yeah. but it's it's your 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 opinion of fame, I guess, because I'm infamous. He thought I was famous. Well, there you go. He wanted to hang out. Ooh, Beyonce or Matthew McConaughey? All right, all right, all right. Um, still Beyonce is way more famous. Okay. The fact that I know like immediately who Beyonce is means she's got to be like top ten in the world. Okay. You know, yeah. I don't know any. I don't know any of these Beyonce. people. I'm. Okay. I didn't even know who Kevin Hart was until like five years ago. So actors like fame, like A-list actors, don't equal A-list musicians. I think Beyonce is on that level of like Taylor Swift, where like they translate everything. Matthew McConaughey is not an A-list. He absolutely. He's won like Best Picture and be, like Best yeah, Actor yeah, but he, awards. Yeah, but he's hanging Oscars. out on. He's hanging out at the sidelines on Texas games. Just, just, just. Beyonce's not doing that. Just a few years ago, he was like doing. He was like the crazy coach at We Are Marshall. He was taking like like roles yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then like, he did True Detective. It changed everything. Like I said, fame is relative. Well, uh, fame with a lot of these players in the NFL Combine. I tried to do like a segue there. It's just it not didn't working. work out that way. Let's just talk about the Combine again. But let's talk other news coming out of the Combine. This already feels like the dream preview, by the yeah, way. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> the other story that came out today that I thought was interesting was Steelers general manager Omar Khan expressed confidence in quarterback Kenny Pickett. 
Now there was a time. Is it where, did something get lost in translation here? Like, did he actually? Did he, does he think Kenny Pickett's good? Here's the quote: "I have full faith in Kenny. He's shown us some good things, and obviously there were some issues with the offense. I'm excited about the impact that Arthur Smith's going to have on him. Arthur's very optimistic about Kenny, and they communicated. And like I said, we will have some strong competition there, and we'll see where it goes." feel really good about him, end quote. What a crazy thing to say. There was a time where the offshore odds on Justin Fields' next team, the Steelers were actually favored. I I remember that. Yeah, Yeah. I remember telling RJ about that. Now it's the Falcons. But the Steelers were actually favored to land Justin Fields. Here we have Omar Khan coming out and saying, I got full faith in the quarterback that we have on our roster. I have Pickett, my number 26 Starting quarterback, I didn't put in the rookies yet. I have Pickett better than Howell, Heineke, O'Connell, Levis, Bryce Young, and Zappi. Any disagreement? I think that's a fair placement. I have Flacco and Carr right above him. I I think both of those guys are clearly better than him. Mm-hmm. And then Richardson. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I mean I just don't I don't think Kenny Pickett's any good. Um, so we all agree twenty six is the number. Yeah. I think that's but is a it good fa- is it? Is it fair or unfair to judge him off of what we saw last year? Like, obviously, the offense was an issue. They fired the offensive coordinator. The first game without Matt Canada, they put up 400 yards of offense, and then Kenny Pickett gets hurt, and now we have Arthur Smith coming in. This is going to be a completely different offense. I think it's I think it's really easy because he's basically – Pickett is exactly what we expected him to be, so it makes me have a much higher confidence in my number – because I I think I, I said he's going to be like the 26th best quarterback. And here he is, number 26. Nothing has changed. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how. I mean, I guess, listen, they made the playoffs. They probably look at that as like, given the circumstance, they probably felt pretty good about that. We've talked about this before. You either got a quarterback who can win the Super Bowl or you don't. I don't think anyone believes Kenny Pickett is capable of winning the Super Bowl. Nobody. If Kenny Pickett turns into the best version of Kenny Pickett, he's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And to me, if that's what you've got, you're kind of wasting your time, right? You know, it's interesting, but no one – well, I guess you could say it was much more volatile where he would be, but no one thought that Jordan Love was good enough to win a Super Bowl. And the Packers, you know, things could happen, you know? Things could happen. The way they're trending. Things could happen, but, but that's a that's a weird case because I think you could argue well, loves Jordan, got, got Jordan a much Love lower unknown. Yeah, he has a much lower um, uh, floor, but a much higher ceiling. Yeah, like we've seen a lot of Kenny Pickett now, mm-hmm. and none of it seems like man, this guy's really close to breaking out. Like last year was was like Jordan Love looked like man. Okay, this guy looks like he could turn into something. I've never seen Kenny Pickett play a football game and gone man. He's about this close. By, so, by the way, that this whole combine in um, in Indianapolis, why why is it still in Indianapolis? Why can't uh, we move this to Vegas? You are so against Indianapolis. Oh, I hate. Sure I, I, it's the I think it's the largest city in North America without a navigable waterway. I think Kurt Vonnegut wrote that. Like, how often do you use the navigable waterways here in Vegas? <laughs> like me? Like you don't care? Like no, it's no very one cares. navigable. Uh, yeah, but do you navigate it? We go to Laughlin. We navigate. We navigate down the Colorado River. <laughs> I was in Laughlin a couple weeks ago. There you go. Fun time. Um, <laughs> the, the the problem I have with Indianapolis is that anyone. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. When you drive to Chicago, you have to like go through Indianapolis, or you can just bypass it on the 465. I think. Um, but the it really is like 
a city that you would never want to be unless you're a me- in, unless you're a media guy. And then it's all convenient because all they all the hotels are all together. You know what? They're all together in Vegas too, and you get have fun in Vegas instead of freezing. And they had that one, didn't they? Have what? They had the college football championship one year, and it was like minus twelve degrees outside. They had the Super Bowl there. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, it should it should be in Vegas or Houston or San. Diego. It should really be in San Diego every year. But the I problem mean, the problem with Houston is what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. All the hotels and stuff are away from the stadium. Fair, very fair. Um, okay. Like the the stadium's not in the downtown area, and it's. I don't know. I, I, I get it that Indy's a convention city. It is. They it's could, it's, it's could, like the Vegas of the yeah. Midwest. Great. Have some events in the summertime when it's not 10 degrees outside. Well, it's, I don't think it's 10 degrees now, is it? <laughs> it's cold. Uh, but, I, I say it, it, they're having a cold snap. And because of this one, like because this is like a it's essentially a media only event. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good point. Like this is the, yeah. per, it's the perfect place to yeah. do it, you know. 35 degrees currently in Indianapolis. Okay. Tomorrow, a Indianapolis. High, tomorrow, a high of 43. Okay. But they don't have to go outside. Yeah, who needs that? There's nothing There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, Steelers have the 20th overall pick. I don't think they invest in a quarterback in the first round. I don't either. I mean, especially given that uh, that vote of confidence. But uh, I'm not saying that's the right move either. I, I, I don't think – although I don't know that the, at the 20th pick there's going to be a quarterback worth taking for them. They've probably got more roster needs. But I, So I don't know that you can find someone who's like a sure upgrade over Kenny Pickett. You really have, what, one, two, three, and then a bunch of guys that like should go 31st. Yeah, probably. Right? No, I, th- I think the Broncos are going to take Bo Nix at, what is it, 12? I, I mean, listen, really? J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix are kind of the, the wild cards, and I've heard some people say, uh, I really love uh, Spencer Rattler. I've heard some people say, I really don't love Spencer Rattler. So I think he's kind of a, a an iffy. But How can J.J. McCarthy go in the first round when all he does is hand the ball off it's in the biggest games? It's unbelievable. I don't know, but there's people who tend to believe in huh. him. So. Well, also, draft news, there's a report leaking out that the Patriots are going to take a quarterback. With the number three overall pick. They have to. Yeah. I, I mean, their quarterback play is, I mean, Fez mentioned it. Bailey Zappi's worse than Kenny Pickett. So Last. they're in they're in bad shape at quarterback. And I don't, I don't think you can expect them to be better unless they get something new at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So they were bad last year. They don't, they, they, if, if you're bad enough, you're moving on from Bill Belichick. You have to make a sweeping change because I think Bill Belichick probably got as much as he could out of the, the Patriots roster as it was constructed last year. You know, I got a, a Belichick is what seventy two now. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't, so or, or, or early early seventies. What's what's interesting? So too old to run a football team. Um, maybe he can run for president. That's <laughs> a young man. So, so remember when uh, was it last week when I suggested? Or as you weren't here last week, I said Jaden Daniels to be the second overall pick over Drake May, and it was like plus one twenty five. Because the way that, um, maybe it was two weeks ago when I brought this up, when we heard the press conference from Cliff Kingsbury describing what type of quarterback he wants, it it looked, it looked sounded like he wanted somebody that could use his legs. From memory, it was plus 165. Back well, then. Then, it, then it went down now, plus 105. Yeah, so like, Drake, is- it's, it's pretty much he's even now with Drake May to be the number two overall pick. So this is a classic example. You did a fine job here where you you identified the quote when everyone else was betting and losing in college basketball, and mm-hmm. you're like, uh, you, you know, this this line has to Not drift. Not everyone was losing in college basketball, Fed. Oh, AJ, how did you do today in college basketball? 4-0 with one pending. How many Thank units you. are you up now for the year? Uh, right around 60. You know, and, and, and unsolicited advertisement. Um, you know, you guys can just go ahead and, like, like you know, Wait for like you know the 
the ice cream of the month or whatever of the, of the week, or you can just buy A.J. Hoffman and win. I'm going to go ahead and personally guarantee, buy A.J. Hoffman. Oh, he could lose tomorrow. He could lose the next day. But buy him for the rest of the year. And if he doesn't turn a profit, come to Vegas, and I will personally not only buy you a couple rounds of drinks, but you can go ahead and um, give me a hard time for an hour, and I'll like let you know any knowledge I have <laughs> on Advantage Gaming. So uh, you're guaranteed to win with A.J. Hoffman. Do it now. You know what? No coupon code. Pay the pay the full price. It's worth it. Thank you, Fez. Yeah, it's been, it's been a good season. So not everybody's losing at college basketball is all I'm saying. There's some people. Where I was not, going, not though, is that like 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 when Scott, like, like Scott, like you showed me if, if you bet um, – the, the LSU quarterback to go number two plus 105, I'd start screaming. like yes. I, I'd put you in the DDT, and then you'd beat the hell out of me Be- after I failed because you nailed it. Like mm-hmm. The day after the quote, the time to bet and jump on this was plus 165. Now, Good this, job. Now, this is parlaying me into another bet. I don't like the word. I don't like that. Okay, this is this is transitioning me Way into another bet. Um, Way better. This is leading me into. Leading, yeah. n- well, no, because it's correlated with – my handicap on Jaden Daniels to be the number two pick. Mm-hmm. And that would be Drake May to be the number three pick, who is now the second. He's the second favorite to be the third pick. Now, that would be a good cor- plus 150. That would be a good correlated parlay. There's no doubt about that. So I think it would be, I think Jaden Daniels goes second overall to Washington, and then the Patriots take Drake May third overall. Right now, Drake May is the favorite, slight favorite, to go second overall, and Jaden Daniels is the favorite to go third overall. But based on my handicap on the Washington Commanders and Cliff Kingsbury and Daniels and seeing those odds go from plus 160 now to plus 105, the move now is Drake May to go third overall. If I was a GM, I'd love to have the third pick because, and I'd hate to have the second pick because you can't, you can't get it wrong, right? I mean, it's like third when you're stuck with what you got. Yeah, exactly. And if it's unclear which one to go with, it's 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 the old, um, you know, you 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 slice up the birthday cake as try to divide it in half as best you can, then the other person has to choose. You know, it's so um, tough call having to go first. How much? are you doing now with the NFL in the offseason fest? So, very, very little. But I went ahead and took a look at my favorite division, the AFC North, and I discovered who I know who's going to win already. So that's kind of cool. You I know, mean, you've, it's already been determined. It is. It is predetermined. It is a lock Ooh. because of the schedule. Okay. Which has not been announced yet. Well, you, we know the opponents, but we don't know the schedule but we know who the opponents are. That's right. So this, uh, I'll just can I get can I venture a guess? Absolutely. The Cincinnati Bengals will win the AFC North. The Bengals are the AFC North champion, if I may. So every team plays fourteen identical opponents, and they play three differing opponents. This is really is remarkable. So they play their field games against the AFC East. Uh, I won't bore you with who they play. But uh, Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets are on the other guy's schedule, (laughs) and the Bengals get the Patriots. All right, let's go to the AFC South. Houston, Jacksonville, and Indy are on the other guy's schedule, and the Bengals get to play the rebuilding Tennessee Titans. Mm -hmm. And finally, the piece de resistance, the NFC South, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Atlanta, throw a blanket over those three average teams. Nope, Bengals get the Carolina wow. Panthers. So what we're talking about here is three and zero, while everybody else is going one one and one, and the Bengals are resting up, you know, going through the motions, coasting in those games. Well, it make it makes sense because they finished in fourth place, so they'll have a fourth place schedule, and there's a reason why 
uh, the, the, it goes back for over a decade now, or uh, I'll, I'll give you the exact number of how many years, but there has been at least one team in the NFL that has gone from last place to first place in their division every single season. Oh, I think it was like 11 out of 13 years. I'll get you those exact numbers. But it's because of the way that the NFL does the scheduling. You're a fourth-place team. You get the fourth-place schedule. But if you're a fourth-place team because of maybe injuries – then it's very easy for you to turn things around and bounce back and then win the division. I think the Bengals are a perfect candidate to do that. Spot on. Remember, all fourth-place schedules, though, are not created equal. Specifically, think about how if you're New England, Tennessee, and Carolina, well, I don't, I don't have your other fourth-place teams, but if you've got, to play, you've got to play some Bengals with your fourth-place schedule, that's one-third of your, of your separation in your schedule, and you're, and you're basically playing you know, a, a true contender. So that's not good. As far as injuries, I, by the way, hot off the presses, I do have the SIC. This is secret. No one else has these. I have the SIC um, Sports Injury Central numbers. This is kind of like for years, Pro Football Focus put out games lost to injury. I have the SIC year-to-date injury numbers, how injured a team was. And if I look up the Cincinnati Bengals uh, for 2023, they were middle, actually middle of the road. So they were an average injured team. So it's now with the Texans doing it this past year, it's now 19 of the last 21 seasons. At least one team has gone from last place in their division to winning the division the Mm. following year, from worst to first. So if we were ranking the candidates right now, I, I find it hard to see another team better than the Bengals to go from last to first. Maybe if you want to say the Chargers because of the Harbaugh and Herbert, but... They're in the same division yeah. as the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I don't trust Arizona, Carolina, Chicago, or Washington, and no Tennessee, no New England. So really, it has to be the Bengals. It happens. Has every to year. be the Bengals. It's it happens so it's every year. It's it's a done deal. Book it. The only thing that can stop it, another Joe Burrow injury. You had to say it. I mean, it's always a possibility now. Could it's, get it's bit not by, something... He could get bit by a spider. You just never know. You never... <laughs> All right, a dream a dream preview tradition like like no other. Fez, get me down on that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're in for the Bengals to win the division when those odds come out. We're, okay? we're in, right? We're, yes. we're in the Bengals to win the division. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a salary chopped up and. Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1. And all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. 
DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with Pick 6? You're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. If you are an everyday listener of Straight Out of Vegas AM, you know that music means we're switching topics. <laughs> That's right. From football to college hoops we go, where our college hoops expert, A.J. Hoffman, is having a tremendous season, as detailed by Steve Fezzik a few minutes earlier. Uh, but the tournament is fast approaching. Conference tournaments will begin I guess next week, right? The end of next week is when conference tournaments will begin. Yeah, some of the uh, smaller mm-hmm. conferences kick off a little earlier. So, yeah, they'll, they'll be uh, in full swing. It's my favorite time of the year. I like. I, I think there's better money to be made during conference tournaments than there is during the big tournaments. Now, do you call them ABs as automatic bids or AQs as automatic qualifiers? I just say – I say automatic bids. I don't. I'm an automatic bid guy. Yeah. I'm an automatic bid guy, but I've – I see automatic qualifiers. I, I, no, I don't like that. Uh, I like. I am an automatic bid. I know that uh, on uh, Lenardi's bracketology, it's uh, AQ for automatic qualifier. Okay. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't really care. I, I but I, I just the, the team. I just think they're the auto team, the auto the auto <laughs> bid team. I don't know. Uh, I say one bid leagues. I use at large. I say like, how many at larges are they going to have? Or do they have a chance to be an at large team? Um, And everybody else is an an auto bid. It's always great when you have a team that is not supposed to win from the one bid league and they upset the favorite in the, in the, in the conference tournament. And so then you'll, the one bid lead, one bid league becomes a two bid league and then it knocks a team out of the bubble. Well, I mean, there's that's there's going to be very few of those this year because you're either a team that's going to you're there like if you have a league where there could be that's considered a one bid league, it probably means if you, if there's an upset, that team is the other team isn't going to make it. Like for instance, Indiana State has been kind of a, a hot team all year long. They're a, first time ranked since Larry Bird. Yeah, they're a, a bit of a darling, um, but. I don't know that it's a guarantee that if they don't win the conference tournament that they're in and Drake, who is the other team in that con- in the Missouri Valley, who's like uh, considered pretty damn good. Um, they, they got blown out at Northern Iowa. And like now I'm, I don't know if, if they don't win the tournament, I don't know that they're in. So I think the Missouri Valley might be a one bid league no matter who wins it. I don't oh, know. I, I strongly agree. I mean, there's no way I'm going to put the man in the white suit in the NIT 
over Drake. Right, yeah, I mean, I'm no way I'm taking Drake over St. John's. If, if they can put Rick Patino in Dayton for that that first four, mm-hmm. they're going to do it because they need yeah, to keep he'll go to watch Marion's TV. Pizza. And well, right now, exactly. AJ, you and I had this conversation about St. John's a couple of. I mean, it seemed like it was just a couple of days ago, and they were pretty significant dogs to make the tournament. Now St. John's is minus two hundred to make the field. Must of have DePaul and Georgetown coming up. Uh, they do, but they <laughs> also, also got a big win this week. So, it, like going going on the road at Butler, you get you get road wins in the Big East. Uh, people take notice. So I, I'm still like St. John's is certainly not a lock right now. They're they're still the bubbliest of bubbles, and if they lose in the second round of the Big East tournament, they they're probably gone. But you have to factor this in for St. John's. They have a home court advantage in the conference tournament, so that's that's something that most teams, at least in the big conferences, don't have. Uh, so playing at Madison Square Garden, I mean, you, listen, UConn will have a they'll have their share yeah. of, of people. Villanova will have a crowd, but I mean, St. John's plays on that floor mm-hmm. all the time. They'll be used to it, um, so that gives them a little bit of an edge. But there's competition because that again, the the Big East. There's a couple teams, and namely Villanova, who I just mentioned, is one of them. Providence is one. Seton Hall. These are teams that are all kind of on that bubble. Now, I have a strong theory. Okay, that we we're on the West Coast, and I think we have a West Coast bias here in Vegas. So mm-hmm. everyone's like hyping up the Mountain West and talking about how good the Mountain West is, and there's going to be six teams from the Mountain West. And I think we're way too close to the sun. People don't realize the committee. They they their goal is to screw over every one of these teams, if at all possible, and not put them in. That is that is their agenda, to find a reason to leave that team out. So you're New Mexico, you lost to Air Force, good luck in the NIT, etc. I'm going to make a case. I see no way, no path to there being six teams in from the Mountain West, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they, we only get four by the time it's all said and done. I would be shocked if we got four. Like, I think it's impossible that there's not five. So let's go over-under. I will go under five. You'll go over five. We'll probably push, but if we don't, the uh, loser must leave town. It's a deal. Okay. It's a deal. Yeah. So I, right now uh, you would say Utah State and San Diego State are automatically in. Utah sure. State, San Diego State are easily in. Okay. Boise State? Boise and Nevada are easily in. Okay. Now, now here's where I'm going to differ. Okay. This is if everything goes according. To, I, uh, if everything goes according to Hoyle, probably. But you know what? We were saying that about New Mexico just a couple weeks ago when they were ranked. Yeah. And now they're they're almost done though. You yeah. know. Um, so certainly one of those teams. I mean, Nevada's point guards hurt. Is he? Is he going to? Is is he? Is he back? He, he's not. I don't know if when he's going to be back. But I mean, they got a a nice win without him. Uh, just. Two days ago, they're they're doing all right. Yes, I mean, so here's a team that was catching seven and a half at a 500 Colorado State team. Yep, that's so, a team I'm looking to leave out of the tournament. Colorado State, uh, both well, Colorado State's done. There's Colorado State's eight and eight. They're not. They're the, any 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 chance of their um, at large bid just burned up and the, <laughs> their orbit just decayed in that with that loss, in my opinion. So Lenardi's got six teams from the Mountain West getting in. And that includes uh, Nevada and New Mexico as two of the teams that get the last four buys. Okay. So not in the playing game. I think New Mexico and Colorado State are the two that are in danger, particularly after New Mexico or after Nevada won at Colorado State. I, I don't think you can say somehow that Colorado State's in a better position than Nevada. You agree with that, right? I, I absolutely. He's got Col- uh, Colorado's on the first uh, four out. Colorado or Colorado State? Colorado State's 
firmly in the field he has. Okay, so Colorado's different conference, but oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I can't see how Colorado State can make this. I, I mean, don't know how they're clearly in to be honest. He's got him as a seventh seed in the. Well, I don't want to tell in the South. Well, Lenardi's been, you know, been, been exceptional, but I just think these the, the conference is going to cannibalize themselves too. And and if they you start look at, playing each other, well, Colorado State's last two games are home against Wyoming and at Air Force. Chances are good they're going to go two and zero. Tell games. New Mexico that about Air Force. That, I mean, that's true. So up on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now, odds on Colorado State to make the tournament. The yes is minus four twenty five. All right. Well, I, you know that's interesting. And the so. no is plus three twenty. Other Mountain West teams that are in Ooh. this uh, uh, betting pool: New Mexico. The yes is minus two eighty. The no is plus two twenty. I like the no. And then Lenardi, like I said, has them as one of the last four buys. Um, let's see. The one thing about that's New Mexico, the only Mountain West teams that are on this list, is that the with the conference tournament in Vegas, they represent better than anybody. They really travel well here. Not better than Nevada. Or UNLV, but, uh, not better than UNLV, but we're the home team. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're the, they, they're they're the second best. Okay, yes. uh, that's that's probably like I went to the uh, the Mountain West tournament last year, uh, maybe it was the year before, mm-hmm. but uh, New Mexico represented well. Boise, Boise represents brings a well good too. crowd, and San Diego State brings a good crowd. Oh, okay. Um, no, I, last year we went to the. Uh, we went to the WCC. We went to the WCC last yeah. year. Yeah, so it was the year yeah. before I went. Wyoming was in the uh, – they were in the, the semifinals that year, mm-hmm. and there was a handful – there was a smattering of yellow and brown. RJ would ask if Fennis Dembo and Eric Lechner were playing that They year. were not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, this is uh, – I, I think it's a better conference than, than a lot of people do. And as far as, like, New Mexico goes, I mean, in, in a way, I, when you look at their resume, I understand your side of the argument – most of their wins come at home. Um, they don't have a non-conference win that screams like, wow, look what we did. They got blown out at St. Mary's. That was their best non-conference opponent. But it seems like they, they've done, like, beating Nevada on the road. Uh, and maybe this is just a matter of I'm, like, so old. Like, I'm, I'm thinking back in the past, and it was 68 teams. you got to be pretty lousy not to make the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But – I, I don't know. I, I like if you showed me a blind resume of New Mexico, I'd probably say no. But it certainly seems like the mm. feels like the, they want them in because uh, everybody keeps penciling them in. They if they win two of their last three games, they're they're at or they're home against Fresno, who's terrible. So we let's assume they win that game. But sandwiched around that is at Boise and at Utah State. If they win one of those two road games. I, I bet you they're in. They'll probably be a five-point dog in both. I would guess they'll be about a – I'll say five against Boise and three, three-and-a-half mm-hmm. against Utah State. Is there a better time to be in Vegas than in two weeks from now? It's awesome. Conference it's tournament. awesome. It is. Yeah, five, Scott brings up a we great We have point. five conference tournaments in town. We have the Big West, which That's is at – Henderson, right? It's in Henderson, Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. We have the Mountain West at Thomas & Mack. The Pac-12 is the big one at T-Mobile. And then we have the WAC at the Michelob Ultra Arena and the Orleans Arena. They're splitting it. And the Orleans has the WCC. So I live in Vegas, tournament. and I have no idea where the Michelob Ultra Arena is. It's at Mandalay, Mandalay Bay. Bay. Oh, it's, it's Mandalay the, Bay. It's they the uh, arena at Mandalay, okay. yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've been that, there. That's before. where the Aces play. So I didn't know it was called Mandalay. Yeah, it's Michelob Ultra Arena, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been to I've been to the arena, so yeah. it's, it's, it's a nice setting. You mean yeah, you've, nice. you've never been to an Aces game? 
No, he said he has been to the arena. He just didn't know it was called Michelob Ultra Arena. Yeah, I yeah. just yeah, one of the know if Fez has been Fez to Fez just it. think it's it's the Mandalay <laughs> Arena. I I am a, Fez I, associates everything with the casino that it's attached anyone to. Anyone that knows me knows I am an enormous fan of Becky Hammond, <laughs> former point guard for Colorado State, and she can coach, and she's just an outstanding lady. And we got the back-to-back champs, maybe three-peat three champs. Are we betting Gotta aces? be right. Yeah. Uh, yeah Although, so, Fez, you're not betting WNBA this year? I am not. So I what? Well, I always bet the NBA. I used to bet the WNBA because it was very beatable. What I found is that the the soft numbers kind of disappeared, and frankly, baseball has been outstanding for me the last two years. And I'm like, what am I doing? Let me just do baseball, where there's so much more market and so many more props and the like. So I'm going to focus on baseball. Well, let me get back to my comment though. We have five conference tournaments here in town, all in the next couple of weeks, and then. It's hard to it's hard to argue it's hard to find I should say a better 4-day span in sports than the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. I would make the case the it, first two days. The first two days are really the best. Yes. But then but then even carrying over into the Saturday and Sunday those are fun times cuz you know, sometimes you have uh, bets to make the sweet 16 or you're just mm-hmm. you're rolling over on I your agree. on your underdogs, right? You're doing your little rollovers. So is this like do you have any recommendations uh, here in town for people coming in? Is this the best time to come to Vegas? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what's going to make it awesome is that this is the latest we've ever seen the March Madness start. So it's going to be like March 21st, which means with any luck, we'll get pool weather. And you can even like stadium swim. Yeah, absolutely. So you might not. I mean, you're going to be indoors watching the games, but not in stadium swim. You can be outdoors watching the games. I mean, I love the Circa. Uh, I think all the value is to get away off the strip and stay at the South Point or the Westgate, you know, and play and to stay at a place that has like a big cavernous sports book and even mm-hmm. opens up a conference room, you know, to be able to watch the games and not feel like. Um, I mean, if you if you want to go into Font Blue and pay five hundred dollars no for a seat, um, Miami Slice has good pizza there, but aside from that, I would avoid Font Blue. Yeah, last year, um, where was I last year? I was. Oh, my goodness. I forgot what I, I was. Some casino. I can't even remember now. I like being at my house. I get a couple but, of TVs. But I got is, my iPad. I but, got but my, a lot uh, of these my laptop. Places, a lot of these places have, like, it's not just the sports books that are showing the games. They have all these little remote setups in all these little sidebars, and they they even, like, wheel out TVs and different projector I'll screens. Be the, I'll be the first one to say that even though I'm at home and I'm working, like, for 12 hours Thursday and Friday, I love sneaking out for, like, the last game, for, the, like, the last hour, and I'll just go into the South Point and just hear – yeah, I just like to see the, 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 the end game and the crowd and like mm-hmm. feel like, oh, when I was a youth. And so a lot of times I'll stop live wagering and I'll just go um, that last 90 minutes and watch the end of the uh, final game. Now, when will we do a big, uh, I guess we'll do a conference tournament preview well before we do the, 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 the tournament preview. Selection Sunday is on March yeah. 17th, but we'll do a conference tournament preview, I guess, either next week's pod or the week after, right? Because next week the smaller smaller conferences yep. start, the major conferences really will start the next, next week. weekend yep. or mm-hmm. bleeding into the early part of next week. By the way, that selection Sunday, I well, I guess I'll be back in town. I'm going to spring training that weekend. I'm going down to Arizona. Fun. Gonna make gonna make the rounds. Mm-hmm. It's always I try and go every year if I can. Just you know make the rounds because every ballpark is so close to each other. 
that you can go to, like, especially if the game times are staggered out. But even if they're not, if the games both, if games start at one ten, you can go for a couple innings in one game and then go to another. What game. was the actor he like plays baseball and he like played for eight different minor Will Ferrell, did Will that, Ferrell yeah. the elf, did that right. Yep. And and and, and I, my favorite part of that was when they started booing him and like, oh, the crowd has turned against Will Ferrell. He dropped a fly ball or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Will Ferrell. If you look at his uh, baseball reference, it's actually really funny. Because it includes all his, you know, it, it includes the minor league stats. So, <laughs> it, it, here we have uh, in 2015, 2015 spring training, played for Oakland, Seattle, the Angels, the Cubs, Arizona, Cincinnati, the White Sox, the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres. All in one day. <laughs> all in one day. And you can watch that. I think it's on HBO or one of those streaming things. You can watch that. Have you done a lot of baseball work yet? I have not, but I am on top of – ask me a baseball team. I'm on top of the season wins. Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers are getting support. They're supposed to be worse. Um, their season win number was 76.5. I've seen it get bet up um, to 77.5. So some support for the Brewers despite losing a Cy Young candidate. What about the Kansas City Royals getting Michael Waka? Is there newfound love for the Royals? I I, I am like a black box guy. I would say if you're following players. the season win numbers on the Royals, they were 73 and it's been – they're 72.5 and, and it's been nothing but over money. It's as high as 74 to 74 and a half in some books. Um, so I, I still think you can get a stale 73. I, I, the sharp money is clearly on the god-awful Kansas City Royals to actually be competitive this well, year. Well, you know why? is because they, they, they said, screw Major League Baseball. We're putting regular-sized letters on the back of our jerseys. Yeah, they did say they put. They said they said screw it. We're they, putting regular size letters. Like the way it looks, they don't like the. Well, major. Do you know about this, Fez? You know, no. Major League Baseball has got a, a real problem with the uniforms. So Nike does the Major League Baseball uniforms now. Except Nike this year has kind of outsourced it to Fanatics. Okay. And Fanatics, they have a nice sports book now, and I think they care more about their sports book than they do about making Major League Baseball jerseys because the. They look like um, the type of replicas that you would buy in the store. Okay. More so than the authentic stitched in regular Major League Baseball jerseys. They changed the font on the back with the names. So the letters are so small and they are curved. So like the name doesn't go across like the back. It actually wraps around. If you have a long name, like what was the uh, the old catcher? Jared Salsalamakia had a long yeah. name. And um, AJ Smith Chauver is a pitcher right yeah. now. His name looks ridiculous in the back of the jersey. But the biggest problem with Major League Baseball jerseys in 2024. I already know what it is. It's the camel toe. The pants are see-through, Fez. <laughs> the mammal toe. The mantle toe. There will be more balls than strikes this season on Major League Baseball yeah. broadcasts unless they fix the pants issue. Their pants are see-through. The white pants are see-through. What kind of – this I'm is the professional sports league. I'm speechless. It's uncomfortable, to say the I, least. I, I remember back when the NBA and they were wearing those short shorts, you know, so. Well, but at least those were a fabric that you couldn't see through. <laughs> and, like, And baseball players, it seems like, have a, uh, a fondness for, for going commando. And well, maybe that's just during photo day. Maybe, yeah, if, but, uh, if they're in the infield, they better be yeah, wearing a cup yeah. or they're gonna they're gonna go on the DL rather quickly with the, some of those I, hot shots. You know what? I, like, so I was a, a catcher for most of my my baseball playing days until I, I got to high school, and then mm -hmm. I, I hardly ever played the field in high school. I just I just hit, and um, I never like if I if I did play the field besides catcher, I didn't wear a cup. 
it's interesting because Pete Rose, when he said when he said when they moved you from left field to to the infield to third base, what was what was your adjustment? And he's like, I had to start wearing a cup. Yeah, because I most like if I played on the if I played in the field, I played first base. I never wore a mm. cup. Uh, did you wear a cup when you played baseball? I still wear a cup hmm. it, to play softball. Absolutely. I play the infield. The ball gets hit hard at me. I, it's, it's softball's no different, man. You got to protect those. Yeah, I mean, you're so close in softball, yeah. like. But in, in baseball, you did absolutely. Wow, yeah, I never, I just didn't I play the infield. I did too. I, I didn't, infield I didn't feel the need to. No, I can't play without it. Wow, so used to it now. Then, do you feel slow? I'm wearing it right now. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. You know, it's funny. Is my you hear that? I, yeah, a little more than I wanted to know. But okay, <laughs> you, you, more. Of my dad's going to get mad at me. So my dad's 85, so he goes swimming, and I don't, I don't like him swimming alone. So I go with him. And it takes him forever to get ready. So he's in the locker room, and he's a creature of habit. So he's, like, putting on a supporter and his swim trunks and everything, you know. And it, like, takes him. And I'm like, Dad, can't you just, like, ace the supporter? It's like, it, it, I mean, come on now. He, right? So he wears, a, he wears a jock strap to swim? Yes. Why? Because he always has his whole life. A lot of people do. Well, do they really? Uh, or they used to? Why well, you tell me, I, Scott? I've never heard I've of that. Before. Never heard of that. Well, I think it maybe it was more common when it, with the, the generation when they would go to the watering hole. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but but so he's like he's always done that. So it's like and I'm like it just seems like one more thing you got to take on and off. You know, in the locker room, you know, yeah. it's like you know, no one cares, right? It's like like I, I I'm I'm telling them all the time. You know, just minimize minimize what you're what you're wearing. It's hard to get dressed when you're 85 in a locker room. No doubt. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do my projections like I did last year. My win projections coming up a couple of weeks from now. Still need more time to watch spring training games and see. By what's then, going the Royals will be teams. 75. Maybe they they they, they might. Um, but I like I like learning things in spring training. Yesterday, Paul Paul Skeens for the Pirates. Through 102 miles an hour, <laughs> like that's the LSU kid that you know we were yeah, like, yeah. oh, he could pitch ne- this year when he got drafted last year. Like, yeah, so he he, uh, he threw 10 pitches, retired the side in order in his debut in spring today. Through 102 miles per hour. Do we think he'll he'll be on an MLB roster this year? Yeah, he'll be on the Pirates roster. You Pirates. think so? Like opening day? I, I, well, you can't keep this. You can't keep him down long. I mean, I can understand trying to manipulate the service time thing, which is that's kind of gone away in years past. I just think you got a guy that throws 102. You, you, you don't waste those innings in the minors. If I had to give out a best bet right now, I'd go Cubs under 84 and a half. What about both of you? Forced play. Forced play. Even though you're not ready. I'll let Scott go first while I pull up the. Uh, you actually, just hand me the sheet of the numbers. So you, you said go. under 84 and a half? Cubs. Yeah, that's my play. I would go under. No, what he's saying? What's your oh, favorite play? Is, is oh, that no, your best bet also? Oh no, no, that. Oh no, that, I thought you were getting, asking me my opinion on the Cubs. No, that's my best bet. I oh, that's have, your best. I, bet. I was asking for the audience that well, just to give them a best bet right off the bat here, way too early, off the cuff, not an official play, but just if we had to play it, I would say, give me. Hmm. It's like Wheel of Fortune. Can I buy a vowel? I know. This is tough. I think I'll go Washington under 66 and a half. What's Pittsburgh? Well, 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 so slow that down. So, no, you're going to go Washington under, under 68 and a half at, at our friends was, at the Westgate. I was trying to give the consensus. Tell them but, but yes, I sent you. Can you. 68 and a half would be the other yes. play, I think. Can you give me Pittsburgh? That's a rogue number. You need to be at the Westgate. Many places have Pitts, 66 Pittsburgh and a half. Pittsburgh is uh, 74 and a half to 76. 
I'd go over the 74 and a half. And that's been a hot play. That And, and you know, I, I will say the Westgate seems to be more on top of baseball than any other book. They're the leading, even though their, their limits may not be the highest, but they're good. I think they take 2,000 in person, 1,000 on the app, even 1,000 on the app from me. And I'm like, you know, the um, one of the Nazgul, you know, when I'm trying to bet against them. Like, they go scurrying for cover. Uh, try betting against South Point on a college basketball total. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, have, what are your limits on, on South Point college basketball totals? What, 1,000? Yeah, right. No, it's no? 300. 300? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's that's the limit. Okay. Three hundred. Not and not on like extra games. We're talking. Was that always your limit, or is that the limit now? That's the limit now. Oh. So. Hmm. Well, they probably just want you to come in and play blackjack. That must be it. They want me to. Well, uh, you know what? We'll accommodate. They want to hang out. We will accommodate <laughs> them. Uh, yeah. So I'd go if I had to make a play right now, force play. I'd, pro- I'd probably go. Give me that Pirates over. I like that, too. Right, so we're going to go Pittsburgh over 74 and a half. We're going to go Washington under 68 and a half. And we're going to go the Cubs under 84 and a half. Okay. Um, you want to throw some other ones at me real quick? Anyone, any other ones that you like? Let me ask you about the... Can, the, the what, what's Baltimore's number? Baltimore's Nine. 90. It was, it was getting support, and they've got a key, at least one key injury. Yeah, I'd go under. I know who he doesn't like that I think you like, because we talked about the uh, most teams to make the playoffs bet mm-hmm. that you made. Yeah, the the NL East is going to have the... Mo- the, the, the Yeah, the... Wait, wait, the AL East is going to have the most teams that make, make the playoffs. He doesn't think Tampa's a playoff team. They don't need to be. They're the fourth best team in the division. Okay. But I also like Baltimore to be under as well. That they don't need to be Tampa. Could, could yeah. do it. The, the, the point is, is like when you compare, when you stack rank the divisions, I was like screaming at, at my, my friend, Brad Feinberg, who's like a professional better. And he's like, I got to, you know, like he's, he's, he's talking about, I got to analyze all these teams and do all my work. And I'm like, no, just take your little finger and write down how many games all these teams are supposed to win. <laughs> and Baltimore's supposed to win 90. And the yes. Yankees supposed to win 93 and Tampa's supposed to win 88 and Tampa's supposed to win 84. And every other division sucks. They're going to win. They're going to have the most teams in the playoffs because they're going to get three and that's going to be sufficient. Yeah. And, and yes, because, the Yankees, if, if everything goes according to projections, you have four teams that are capable of projecting over 85 wins. And three teams are actually projected to make it, and Tampa yes. certainly you know, could. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would say, man, the NL East is interesting because I think Braves and Phillies are both playoff teams. And so if they can just get one more team in. But the but Nationals are a trash can. The Nationals are trash, but that could just, you know, then... I mean, it depends on the Mets, and I don't think... I mean, the Marlins aren't uh, there, right? Marlins are young. They're good. But what's Miami's number? I actually might go over Miami. 77 and a half. Low. 77? I'd go over Miami. Yeah. I will... Uh, I'd be willing to bet that both Miami and the Mets will go under 84 and a half. Both of them. But Pick them. But they're going to win, like, 82, 81 each. Like, they're there gonna, you go. They're going to finish, like, around yeah. 500. But they have a design game in the playoffs. Nah, no. <laughs> And in the wet, in the NL, the AL West, AL West could have three teams in the playoffs. You think Seattle? Yeah, I think I think that um, Texas. I think Texas is going to fall off easily. I think I think Texas is going to completely fall apart. You know, it's interesting. I am very much a market indicator. I'm, I can't don't know what state Texas plays in, but I can tell you that the market does not like Texas this year for whatever reason. AJ, why don't they like Texas? I, I mean, I, I think there's questions about. Their their roster, their pitching. Uh, I mean, this is it, it. Feels like they had a miracle run last year. 
They weren't the best team in the division last year, but they won the World Series. So there's now they got like and now Joe they got Fan a bullseye, bullseye yeah. on their on their back wherever they go. Yeah. Like it, so, it, this is I'll ask you this, Scott. If I said the World Series last year, Arizona and Texas, both those teams will be worse this year than last year. That's not crazy to say, right? Not like crazy both, at all. both of those teams had like unexpected runs and like nobody thought that they were the the one of the two or three best teams in the in the in their respective well, leagues well remember texas at a time was like you know, and then they, they melted but but they but they also and they also were victim of injuries like preseason texas was everyone's darling like jacob Degrom, yeah. like everyone was like oh my god like texas is gonna be great they started out super hot too and, and then you know Degrom gets hurt it kind of changes thing and then the scherzer trade and then it's, you know then they started stacking up Bold prediction the both those teams missed the playoffs both of them but which teams the arizona, arizona. oh arizona, arizona and texas, texas. okay mm. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'll give out a bet right now. I mean, you might might as well, right? Just, I mean, we're talking baseball. I'll give out an early bet here. You, you want to hit the Blossom music for this? Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Take it away, Scott. Well, we're going to look at the rookie of the year market in Major League Baseball, and uh, I'll give you two plays here that I like. One is the the favorite, Yoshinobu, Yoshinobu Yamamoto at plus 200 up on DraftKings. Shop around. I'm sure we might be able to find a better number than plus 200, but... This kid is, it's not just like another Japanese import coming over. I gave you these stats on SOVAM earlier this week. Fezzik, this kid is 25 years old. He didn't just win the Japanese equivalent of the Cy Young Award the past three seasons in a row. He won the MVP of the league three years in a row. He was the best player in Japan for the past three years. Who's he play for now? The Los Angeles Dodgers. There you go. So not only is he going to, you know, p- players are going to have trouble picking him up. He, he's probably going to be good early in the season. Then teams will adjust him. The film will be out on him. But still, he's backed by an offense that's going to make sure that he's always in games, that he's always picking up wins, even though wins are not so much a, a big stat anymore when it comes to pitching. And we haven't had a pitcher win Rookie of the year since 2020 in Devin Williams, and he was a reliever at that point. But I think this is going to be quite similar to uh, the Otani effect when he came over here, and Otani is his teammate, which makes him comfortable now. Let me ask you, Yoshinobu plus 200 rookie of the year. How much has that got to help to have two two folks? Like if you can't speak English and you're learning, you get your translator, and even having someone that's gone through and struggled with you know with the with with the language, that's got to help a lot, right? It's massive. It's massive. Yeah, that's that's the reason why before the Yamamoto stuff came out, when we were speculating on who Otani was going to sign with, I was picking out teams that had. I thought the Mets were going to be. I thought the Mets were going to make a run at him because they had Kodai Senga, who was a teammate of him of, of of his when they played World Baseball Classic for Team Japan. I thought it would be you know New York's a major city and it would help him you know. Acclimate. You know when you're in a foreign country and they're speaking a different language, I got to tell you like we went to Atlanta so I can relate completely. And Mackie was with was with us and so RJ was doing his thing and Mackie like saved my life. He was like, all right, here's where here's where conf, conf, conference room D12 is in the country of Atlanta. Fez, let me help you. 
The other bet I'll give out here for a potential rookie of the year, a little longer shot, non-pitcher, because, you know, pitchers are, are tough. Like I said, we, we haven't had a pitcher win since Devin Williams in 2020. So Paul Skeens was one as a pitcher that I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's at 11 to 1. But I think Pete Crow Armstrong at 10 to 1 is, is worth a look. Um, I know the Bellinger signing might, you know, re-signing. People think that might take away from, like, his uh, – is making the opening day roster, but I think the kid's such a top prospect for them. Even if he opens the season at Iowa and AAA, he's going to be up with the Cubs uh, very, very soon. So, and then I think it's it's his path to have a a good season. We saw a little bit from it last year, which is what I like when I bet a rookie of the year. I like a guy that you know has had a like a little taste, a little taste in a major league action. And now I think uh, Pete Crow Armstrong is a guy at ten to one could be a good rookie of the year play i'm no expert at this stuff i was reading about wyatt langford of the texas rangers mm-hmm. and he's currently at six to one to be rookie of the year and they're talking about him like he's the best player at, at spring training for the rangers mm-hmm. like uh and apparently he just destroyed hmm. uh minor league pitching last year he hit like 360 10 home runs and 200 plate appearances just dominated and they say he like he legitimately might be the best hitter on the team, and he if Adolis Garcia wouldn't have been able to come back and play in the in the postseason, which if you remember was a concern. Yeah, he was the guy who was going to be on the roster, and they kept him with the club through even though he wasn't on the roster, they kept him there throughout the postseason, like just in case they needed someone. He was the guy that they were going to add, and uh, apparently this dude is just the truth. So I, hmm. that's a guy I'm going to be watching this year. Six to one seems like a pretty decent shot. We know uh, who Pete Crow Armstrong's uh, mother is. is uh, Billy Joe Armstrong. No. Oh. Uh, Ashley Crow. Who, Cheryl Crow. Who played the mom in the movie Little Big League. Oh. With the kid when he managed the twins. Okay. Yeah. And, and if, then she married Billy Joe Armstrong <laughs> of Green Day. On a related no. note. Cheryl Crow Armstrong. Nothing is better than watching a Cubs game, a day game in baseball in April. When uh, when there are no day games, you're just so sad compared to seeing that one. Cu- Am I right? Like you guys working in the industry, like, I, so like you're prepping, and you can have that Cubs game on in the background. I, uh, I when I went to Chicago, I wanted to go to a Cubs game, but I I went the season that they were doing renovations, mm-hmm. and I actually stayed uh, right right by uh, Wrigley Field, which is apparently is like a very gay neighborhood. Um, happy? Uh, no, like there it's. Um, it's rambunctious, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and um, so I didn't get to go to a Cubs game, but I did go to a White Sox day game, which, I mean, it was it felt like just a ballpark. So I, I was disappointed that, that, you know, I mean, it wasn't like a bad experience or anything, but I really wanted to go to a Cubs game. They just they weren't done with their renovations yet. So Yeah, I mean, the, the, what's interesting is I never know why anyone goes to a White Sox game compared to a Cubs game. I, I mean, it's... That because, was the only reason. Because the price is like one fourth, but like you, like like part of the experience. This is what makes San Diego so great is walking to the ballpark mm-hmm. and being and taking in the city and maybe going to yeah. the gas lamp and 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 going to dinner afterwards and going to Ghirardelli and consuming two thousand calorie um, <laughs> ice cream as opposed to please God let me not get a flat tire I'm going to die yeah, you know when you're I leaving you know the um, the south side of Chicago yeah not the be- not the best neighborhood that uh, that field still have never been to Wrigley it's on the bucket list though yeah I'd, I'd still like to go back I, listen and I think early baseball season 
the best time to go to Chicago. I mean, you live there. You agree April, May is like... Disagree. It's oh. too cold. The wind, the, it, 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 some vicious cold days with the wind coming off the lake in May. I mean, like, the, that ivy doesn't even you grow like in. You like the summer? You really have to. June is fine. But even you know, even early in June, it can be plenty cold at that ballpark. There's a reason every Wrigley game, every single one, goes under in April and May, and there's no scoring. I think the reason why I liked it then is because I was coming from Texas, where it was all like in April, like you're already mm. in the 90s. So it was like it was nice to get away and have. You to probably work. caught a balmy 60 degree day. Yeah, I was like, normally it's it's in the 50s when, and just. I was wearing like a nice little uh, light hoodie, and it was it was a you good caught, day. You, you caught and it was a day game. Uh, well, remember, I could, yeah, the White Sox game was a day game. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, the White Sox is way better than the Cubs because in terms of. Because the, the Cubs stadium's right by the lake, right? It, it's, it's I think, a mile. Yeah. There's that music again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's an SOV takeover of the Dream Preview. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined, as always, by A.J. Hoffman. Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, is with us. And like we do each and every morning on Straight Out of Vegas AM, we preview the games that are coming up that day. And because it is a Friday, not only will we take a look at the games that are happening tonight, but we'll also do a little preview of the weekend as well. And we have a UFC card tomorrow night. UFC card tomorrow night. In fact, we'll uh, we'll talk to Matt Schnell, who is fighting on the main card. Uh, we'll talk to him here in a few minutes. I got I got to spend a, a little time with him uh, while he was cutting weight last night. Well, I'm so, sure he was uh, pleasant. Not not the best time, but especially for a guy who's trying to make 125 pounds. Uh, it's it, not not the uh, the best time to talk to those guys, but he he was in pretty good spirits and uh, he's excited for the fight. So do they just like not eat at all the day the day before no, the weigh in? You don't eat anything. Like you're you're. Yeah. Uh, I mean you've you're uh, by this point in the weight cut. Like when you're when you get to Thursday night leading into a Friday weigh in, mm-hmm. you're in you, the sauna. You've stopped drinking water, mm-hmm. and now you're like your body's losing whatever water it had left. And now you're going to go to the sauna and sweat out the last of that water uh, and, and then hopefully hit your weight, weigh in and, and then rehydrate. rehydrate. Yeah. Let me ask you, has there ever been a guy that like had to shave his head? Like, Oh, absolutely. There's it, been women who had to shave their heads real? to make weight. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's wild. Hmm. And the, but, this woman on the uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, she had big dreadlocks and. She, she was going to miss weight, and they said, we got to cut them off, and she shaved her head, and she was like, my, my girlfriend's going to be so pissed at me, <laughs> and, uh, but she, you know, she made the weight. I always think it's funny when, you know, they do the weigh-in, and it's like, all right, he weighs, so they, they want to make, let's say they want to make 154. It's like, all right, he comes in at 153.7, he just made it, and then a day later, when they have the fight Saturday night, One he six. comes in weighing one sixty three or like I mean, one sixty seven. Like so, I fifteen. You got fifteen? Uh, no, when I fought, most of my fights were at middleweight, so one eighty five. By the time I would rehydrate, I weighed two oh seven, two oh eight. Oh my god! So I put on about twenty three pounds. Wow! And like I, I was just I was massive for a middleweight to begin with. Like being six foot three, most of my opponents were like five nine, five ten, and but once I'm six three and over two hundred pounds, I mean, there's a reason why I had some. I I, I don't think I was like a super good fighter. <laughs> I just think for for an amateur, I didn't lose very many amateur. I didn't lose any amateur fights. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me, I lost one that I got hurt in. But the uh, the reason was I was just bigger and stronger than everybody right. in my division. Wow. So what's his name again? Matt Schnell. Matt Schnell. Matt yeah. Schnell. All right, good. We'll hear from him in a couple of minutes. Uh, let's start in college basketball. There's only two top twenty five teams in action here on Friday night. Number 21, Dayton, is at Loyola, Chicago. 
Dayton only a one and a half point favorite on the road, though, AJ. Yeah, Loyola's getting a lot of love in, in the market right now. And a lot of people are looking at them as a, a team that could pot- potentially win uh, their conference, the the Atlantic 10. So um, th- before they lost, they got blown out at St. Bonnie's uh, this week on Tuesday. But before that, they were riding a seven game win streak. There's a lot of optimism about that team. Now they're back at home. Dayton looked at as a little bit weaker away from home. So uh, I'm, I'm not surprised that Dayton's a, the slightest of favorite here. Ken Palm made it four. So sitting at one and a half, like when you factor in the, the fact that home teams just get bet now, mm-hmm. that's just what happens. And Fez, we've talked about this. If we want to bet home teams, we have to bet them the night before. If we want to bet road teams, you bet them an hour before the game because that's that's the way the market's deciding. Doesn't things. matter that Northwestern's better than Maryland. Money Doesn't will matter. come in mm-hmm. on Maryland as sure as the sun's going to go up and the Flyers. Uh, great home field, obviously, UD Arena. And so they already lost against Richmond, for instance. So as far as a comp, can't beat Richmond on the road, probably can't beat Loyola on the road. Remember when, I guess it was a little while ago, we had a, a, a pretty big wager on Nebraska at Indiana. And, I mean, we were committed to Nebraska. And Nebraska took them out right behind the old and, shed, and Indiana but, uh, like, money was pouring in on Indiana. Went and from pick to minus two, and we're Fe- like, and I'm like don't bet anymore. Fez was like, respect the market. But the truth is, the market— I didn't say dump it. You didn't I just say said dump, dump it. You said I, don't I bet anymore. Didn't say, just don't bet anymore. There's a but difference. The, the market loves home teams no matter what, and mm-hmm. it's very rare that, that a road team is going to take any money. Wow. Well. Uh, well, we have uh, a much larger spread in the other top 25 game tonight. Number 22, Utah State, 16.5-point favorites over the visiting Air Force. Well, listen, Utah State uh, just cost me as, as big favorites against Fresno. They fell asleep in the game and, and barely won the game in overtime. Uh, so they're dead to me now uh, because they've lost me money this week. So I, I won't even consider them until next week. Mm-hmm. I'm done with them for now. Well, Tomorrow, AJ, we're talking about Saturday, is this a is much better slate of college basketball. What a beautiful, beautiful card. Like, you, you'll be able to sit down in front of the TV. You wake up. You, your early game is going to be, like, around 10 a.m., uh, whatever it is. And it, there's there's action all darn day. Good games leading up to 10 o'clock at night on the East Coast, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. So, you, all day long, you're going to have quality games. But – We'll we'll start with the I think the game of the day is going to be Tennessee at Alabama. Is that potential to be a system play? Could Alabama be favored at home against Tennessee? Alabama will be favored at home okay. against Tennessee. So let me just specify those numbers here. The system that I'm talking about is when you have two ranked teams playing each other, but the lower ranked team is favored over the higher ranked team, meaning like the higher number, the worst ranked team is favored over the better ranked team. This season, 13-3 and three straight up, 11-5 and five ATS. So we'll lay the three with Alabama. That's what I'm getting at, Fez. Will, yeah. Will it be three? Uh, I'm guessing it'll be three. Yeah. Uh, around there. You know, I, 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 can't, give, I cannot give, give, give me on that. Give me on that. <laughs> I cannot set on college basketball lines. You should ask me on a few of these to, like, try to set a line. Uh, I, w- I would guess. Ten, uh, I might embarrass myself. Alabama will be three. Uh, number Illinois is at Wisconsin. That's another big game. Illinois um, probably this, – this game is probably four to decide who the second-best team in the Big Ten is. Whiskey Although, minus whis- one and a half. I'm going to say whiskey minus – that might be right. One and a half might be right. Wisconsin's 
they're headed in the wrong direction, though. Like, they seem broken right now. And Illinois, someone asked me uh, this week on Twitter or on X uh, to to give me a future. Like, give me a future that's over 25 to 1. And there were three teams that I put in that category that Ooh. are even possible. Ooh, can, I, can we guess them? Please. Illinois. <laughs> Illinois was one of them at 30 to 1. Uh, obviously, there's got to be some, like, Big 12 team that's, like, maybe a um, – uh, the, 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 the TCU? No, no. Baylor uh, Bears. 41. Baylor, yes, I can see that. Baylor has an injury. Is there? Is there? Guy uh, back? I, yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll get him back by the time the tournament starts. And then Creighton, twenty-five to one, was the other one that I like. So yes, Creighton's um, thirty to one now. Okay, I'll take that too. Uh, <laughs> so I. But if you're looking for a team over twenty-five to one, those are the three I like. Like Illinois, they've got all the talent in the world. Uh, it's just a matter of. You know, Brad Underwood in the tournament, which is not. I just great. had an epiphany. Marquette's going to win this tournament. I think there's a very good possibility. Marquette's a team I like quite a bit. Marquette, what is Marquette? 20 to 1. 20 to 1. And, and I, I literally think they could be like the best team. They're I know they plus, lost by plus, a zillion against Connecticut, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I, I mean. Marquette plus 450 to make the final four. Ooh. I'd rather that. They, they, will they be a two? They'll be a two seed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I agree. I, I, I would say they'll be a two seed. Um, if they Get win, us on that. If they win the Big East tournament, like, yeah, I still think they'd be a two seed. I'm not taking notes. I'll never remember. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think they'll be a two seed. Uh, but they're speaking of Marquette, they are at Creighton this weekend. Creighton. Any chance Creighton that Creighton's minus favorite? two and a half. Creighton probably minus five. Minus five. Wow. All right. Again, that will be two ranked teams. Me so bad. that's the trend here. 13 and three straight up, 11 and five ATS. And then Kansas will be at Baylor. Baylor minus five. Baylor minus five is about right. And now, mind you, Kansas, speaking of injuries, Kansas also. That's pretty injuries. easy because they're comparable teams and Kansas' yeah. best player is out. But yeah, McCullough is, is the, the, I mean, Hunter Dickinson's the big name. Mm-hmm. McCullough might be the best two-way player in the country, so he's going to be missed, certainly. That is a good slate. System Saturday, we're going to call We got more games? Uh, and Well, I'm, I mentioned Gonzaga at St. Mary's. St. Mary's minus six. St. Mary's minus four and a half. I'll go. Okay. Um, I can see that. Assuming that, and, and truth be told, we're recording this as the, this part of the show. We're recording as Gonzaga is playing San Francisco, and and that's a good point. And Gonzaga is is, is stomping They're all over the business. Dons in the um, in the no home field advantage in stadium. the Chase Center. I have, I mean, San, San Francisco is so dumb. This was like this is their game of the year. And rather than give themselves a better chance of winning it by having it on their home court, they said, let's sell a few extra tickets and play it at the Chase Center. Correct me if I'm wrong. So Gonzaga, people were saying, was outside the tournament. And now they've suddenly become the team nobody's going to want to play Nobody in the tournament. Not after I mean, winning I, I in Kentucky and, and and kicking some serious butt, right? And I never saw them winning at Kentucky. That blew my mind. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Gonzaga is it, – I mean, and if they imagine if they win at St. Mary's, some people are going to take them very seriously. Uh, Wake Forest is at Virginia Tech, Florida at South Carolina, New Mexico at Boise State, and Houston is at Oklahoma. That rounds out some of the the feature matchups. Number Houston one, minus six. Uh, I'm going to guess Houston is going to end up being minus seven, seven and a half. They'll bet right, the home so, team. So we're on Houston first half. Um, <laughs> yeah, Houston first half is. I mean. It's an ATM, and I've stopped betting Houston full game. Meltdown I, against Cincinnati. I just bet them. I bet them first half, and mm-hmm. when they're like, 
Houston at home in the first half. So I, w- I don't know if I'll bet them first half here. But Houston at home in the first half, I don't know if it's lost this season. Like, it's just... It, now, Houston fouls like crazy, but they don't call, they don't the call foul. it in Houston. They don't call it in Houston, so play every Houston road game over, right? Yeah. Is that what I've been hearing? Yeah. So the best team in the country we know against the spread is Minnesota this year. Minnesota okay. is the best team, ATS, in college basketball. They're 24-4 and ATS this season, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They're a cash cow. The best first half ATS team is actually UConn, 23-5 and ATS. Houston, I think they covered against Marquette, too. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Houston's 22-6 and six Okay, ATS in the so first think, half. So think about it. I know the, I know the but teams. at home this year, Houston, a perfect 17-0 and 0 in the first half at home. I knew it. Yeah, they haven't lost one yet at home. It's it's free money. So we UConn, probably should be betting that before anyone listens to this podcast. And well, the next game's the at Oklahoma, so I, it's, road, it's yeah. not free and, money this week. They're 5-6 and six ATS first half on the road. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, Houston has one home game left. Guess who it's against? BYU. The Kansas Jayhawks. Oh. So if there's ever a time where there will be some, uh, some some pushback on the on the market against Houston, it'll be with Kansas. Houston That's a, minus eight and a half? Uh, it might, uh, Ken Palm has it Houston minus 11. Ooh. So a lot of it will be what's the health status of McCullough at that yep. point um, because that's March 9th. It's the last mm-hmm. game before conference tournament. But, yeah, I, I, I think Houston will be at least a, an eight, nine-point favorite. You know what? If people don't want to buy you, if they don't like you, they, they could buy Griffin Warner. He's having an exception. He's having a good year, also, too. Right? Yeah, he's I mean, well. I, the, 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 um, if you haven't checked out the Straight Out of Vegas uh, College Basketball Pod, it is exceptional. Thank you. And I look forward to it. You know, is it is it twice a week or just on twice a, twice week. a week? And, in fact, normally it comes out on Thursday night into Friday morning. This week it'll come out Friday. Uh, so we'll, we'll cause we're not going to do any of the Friday games. So we'll just be talking monster the Saturday games. So uh, uh, Sun- be a day late. So Sunday, UConn is home against Seton hall. UConn 15 and one first half ATS at home this year. Wow. I think we go UConn first half on and UConn. I heard on the road they haven't won like since 1912 a they game have, against they a, haven't a, a ranked. They opponent. haven't beat a ranked opponent on the mo- the, the next since chance. 2004. So I have, how is that possible? They're like national champs. No, 2014. I'm sorry. So 10 years. So I actually have that game circled uh, so we can bet it, and it's at Marquette on March 6th. That's next Wednesday. Marquette's going to kill them. That they is. Oh, so they're going to kill them. Get, what guess the line? That's uh, pick them. Pick them. And Marquette will will take. Marquette will beat them. They yeah, and that's what that's our thing. We have you don't you don't need to buy my game of the year. (laughs) You have it right now. There you go. Yes. (laughs) Taking a look at the NBA schedule for tonight. There's a marquee game. uh, You can call it that. The Mavericks at the Celtics. This will be an ESPN nationally televised game tonight. Boston nine and a half point favorites over Dallas. Nine and a half is a big number, but the Celtics are the best home team in the NBA. They're 27 and 3 straight up at home, but they're only 16 and 14 ATS at home. That's because the word's out that they're really good at home. So what do people do? Make it nine and a half point they, favorites. They bet on the Celtics at home, even <laughs> yeah. when they're huge favorites, and then they don't cover. So yeah, it's uh the mark the market's figured out that the Celtics really good home team. They, it's like the same thing they did with the Warriors mm-hmm. a couple years ago. The Warriors couldn't they didn't lose at home, but their ATS is never going to be as good as their straight up record because you you pay so much of a tax on it. Yeah, the best ATS team at home is coincidentally the best ATS team in the NBA, and that's the Orlando Magic. Orlando thirty nine and twenty one ATS. They're twenty and eight ATS okay. at home. 
Uh, OKC would be second best. They're 38 and 21 and 21 and 9 ATS at home. And their next game is going to be home. They're going to play on Sunday against the Suns. So that's good. That should be a good matchup. They, so without having this, the stats in front of me, let me just guess at who the worst ATS teams are. I'm going to go with Lakers are in the conversation. Lakers are 23rd. Okay. The Warriors are in the conversation. Warriors are seventh, seventh best ATS. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I'll put the Milwaukee Bucks up there. 27th. Okay. So they're bad. 25 yeah. and 35 ATS. Yeah. All right. The worst team is Atlanta. Atlanta oh, can't okay. cover a spread. That's and then true. Charlotte. And then Phoenix. So he, oh, this, Phoenix is another one I wanted to be, I thought about. Yeah. So think about that. We have a game on Sunday. Phoenix at OKC, we have one of the best ATS teams. Actually, no, it's OKC at Phoenix on Sunday. So we actually have one of the best ATS teams against one of the worst ATS teams. You know the Suns are going to be favored because they're home on Sunday. I think the Thunder might be the bet on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, that might be the bet. Uh, Elsewhere tonight, uh, marquee games, not really any more marquee games on the schedule besides that Mavericks-Celtics game. Uh, you have the Cavs at the Pistons, Cleveland eight and a half point favorites, Hornets at the Sixers, Philly eleven and a half point favorites, Warriors at the Raptors, Golden State laying two and a half, Blazers at the Grizzlies, Memphis two and a half, Timberwolves six and a half point home favorites over the Kings, Pacers at the Pelicans, New Orleans four and a half, Bucks at the Bulls, Milwaukee three and a half, and the Clippers host the Wizards, L.A. fourteen and a half point favorites. I feel like the Clippers are the move tonight because the Wizards played out of their minds last night against the Lakers. Trying to hang with the Lakers. So not only do you have a team playing on the second of a back-to-back, which is just not a good spot in the NBA, but you have a team that gave max effort against the Lakers and came away barely losing as big underdogs, and now they have to play the second of a back-to-back against a really good Clippers team. I think we fade Washington and and, ha- and and the Clippers will hammer them. Tonight. And I believe back-to-backs in L.A., you would think, would be advantageous because you s- same hotel, et cetera. But L.A. is a fun town, and oftentimes uh, teams, let's just say, maybe don't put their best foot forward because they've been out too late the night before after playing the first of the back-to-backs. So this year, 2023 alone, if you are on the second of a back-to-back – and you're playing against the Clippers. You're one and eight straight up, hmm. two and seven ATS. Oh, I guess I should say that you have to play the uh, you have to play the Lakers the first game, or vice versa. Well, let's try the Lakers first. So yeah. if you go Lakers first, then Clippers this year, zero and three straight up, one and two ATS. And if we want to go back, I don't know. Let's go back to the start of the 2021 season. Let's that's three and ten straight up, six and seven ATS. Now let's reverse it. Let's do when you play the Clippers first and then the Lakers second since 2021, six and eleven straight up, eight and eight ATS. This season uh has not happened this season. So, but it makes sense that you would have a worse record when you play the Lakers first and the Clippers second because you get up for the Lakers. The Lakers are marquee. 
you're playing against the Lakers and LeBron, like you're getting up, you're giving max effort. They're still wearing the Laker uniform, even if the that's Clippers what I'm saying. Good. I was yeah. gonna so, say, like, are we sure that's the marquee? Because the Clippers are the the actual good team. Right? Yeah, yeah, but, but it's, 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 it's the like Lakers. Play, it's like playing the Knicks, I think. You know? Yeah, it's like going to the Garden to play the Knicks. Like, yes, like you're you're going to LA, you're playing the Lakers. Like everyone's watching that game, and then you're given max effort, and then the following night you get no rest and you have to play the Clippers. All Not right. to mention the, the the Wizards and Lakers went into overtime last night, so that's another reason to not like the Wizards. Fair enough. I'm sold. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1. But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Take a look at hockey, and, and Fez, this can be a hockey conversation that might pique your interest uh with the trade deadline coming up i want to fade the sellers i want to fade the teams that are just being gutted and have decided to mail it in for the rest of this year and move on to next year the calgary flames have already traded their top defenseman chris tanev he goes to the stars he'll make his stars debut next week but the most sought after player arguably this trade deadline is Flames goaltender Jacob Markstrom. Once they trade him, I think it's all downhill for Calgary. I think it's going to be fade central for the Calgary Flames. They're not a terrible team. They've actually won four straight games. Uh, They have 63 points, 
So they're not really in a playoff push per se. I guess they're yeah, they're seven points out of a playoff spot right now. But I think if they get rid of so think about that. You're not out of the race. You're only seven points back. You've won four straight games, seven of your last ten. If you wind up trading your number one goaltender, what message is that giving your team? Right? Yeah, rebuild. How's the backup goaltender? This season, let's take a look at the stats this year. This year, Markstrom, the starter, who is on everybody's uh, trade target list, is 37 games, uh, 20 wins, 15 losses, a 2.56 goals against average. The backup, Dan Vladar, has played 18 games, 8, 7, and 2, with a 3.21 goals against average. Huge difference. Big difference. And Markstrom with a 9.14 save percentage. Vladar with an 8.90 save percentage. I agree. So Calgary would be a team, if they trade, they've already traded Tanev, which, you know, makes their defense worse. But once they trade Markstrom, which I believe they will, and every team's inquiring about him, watch out for the Devils. The Devils need a goaltender. I would start fading the Calgary Flames. Hmm. Next time we see Calgary play will be tomorrow against the Penguins. Um, if Markstrom's in net, eh, no real read on that game. But if they, if they pull a trigger, trade deadlines next week. Trivia so, question. What sound does a penguin make? No sound. I don't know the answer. I was hoping you did. Yeah. I, I really have no idea. They waddle? I would. I, they waddle. I just don't know if they make sound. <laughs> Fez, you ever heard a penguin? What does the fox say? <laughs> me, 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I drew the duck blue because I've never seen a blue duck before. And to be honest with you, I just want to, to see, see a blue, blue duck. duck. Oh God, that's incredible! Um, oh, so, Miss Lippy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that would be a team that I would look to fade uh, once you know the, the the trade goes down and Markstrom does get dealt, um, and then I would look for teams that are buyers. You know, the Stars are a buyer; they acquired Tenev. The Maple Leafs just acquired uh, a, a key defenseman, Lubushkin. So that's another uh, team that's a buyer. So I would look at the, the teams that are really going to be aggressive and going for it here at the trade deadline because the NHL is different than any other sport. Like, the trade deadline's late. So, like, the only reason why you make these trades is because you're you're going for a Stanley Cup push here because look, the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs are an entirely different season. So... The teams that are buying now, those are the ones that I want to be on. The teams that are selling, those are the teams that I want to fade. Uh, if you're looking for a futures bet right now in the NHL on a team to win it all, you're going to call me a homer, AJ. You're a homer. The but New York I, Rangers. But the Rangers at 10 to 1 offer incredible value. They should be much shorter than 10 to 1. To win the Stanley Cup? Yeah. <sighs> what seed are they going to be? One. All right, maybe that's okay. All right. <laughs> the, all right. the Rangers have 83. First of all, they won their 40th game uh, the other day. They became the first team in the league to win 40 games. They have 83 points. That's second best in the league behind the 84 points that the Florida Panthers and Boston Bruins both have. So the, the Rangers are at worst going to be the two seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Probably they could be the one seed. They're going to battle mm-hmm. for the President's Trophy with Florida and Boston. And Florida and Boston are in the same division, so they can't be one and two because it's the Metropolitan winner mm-hmm. and the Atlantic winner are the one and two, and then the way that the format works. So they're, at worst, going to be a two seed, which is going to be home ice up until the conference final. Mm-hmm. If they have home ice until 
you know, they get to the Stanley Cup final and then home ice in the Stanley Cup final because they're the, the best record in the entire NHL. I'm telling you, that's their, their team that offers value. They're 21 and 7 at home. Not as great as the Avalanche, who are 23 and 6. I just can't but, picture anyone winning besides VGK, so I don't like to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, VGK's good, but uh, they're 10 points back of Vancouver in the Pacific, so they have to worry about making the playoffs first. They've had injuries, Scott. They have to worry about making the playoffs first. The Panthers are your favorite to win the Stanley Cup at plus 750. Edmonton is plus 800. Colorado plus 850. Same thing as the Bruins. Carolina plus 900, and then the Rangers at 10 to 1. The other futures bet that I would make right now, and again, you're going to call me a homer, but Igor Shesterkin is 30 to 1. To win the Vezina Trophy. Who does he play for? He's the Rangers goaltender. The Vezina go. Trophy goes to the <laughs> best goaltender in the NHL. And while he has not had the great season that he had two years ago when he won the award, he is coming on strong right now. And what happens a lot of times in these award races it's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? Like, if if the voters see in the final two months of the season how incredible you are, they almost forget about what happened in September and October. And right now, in the month... The Joe Flacco syndrome. Exactly. Comeback player of the year. That's a good good comparison. But I think it happens. Jaden Daniels, Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Like, it, it, it happens all the time. It's what have you done. It's, it's fresh in the voters' minds. And in the month of February, which just wrapped up, Igor Shesterkin went 7-0 and with a 1.7 goal against average. That's pretty strong. He is on one of the great – he's allowed only one goal or fewer in four straight games. Like, he is on a tear right now. That is a strong handicap. I'll endorse that. And if he keeps up – if he puts together a March like he put together a February – 30 to 1 is going to seem like infinity because he'll be plus 300. Yeah. So I think buy in now on the 30 to 1 on a guy who's won the award before, was one of the preseason favorites to win the award, and is only this far down because he didn't have a good first two months of the season. Yeah. But right now, at post All Star break, he's the best goaltender in the NHL. Post All Star break. And he plays for a team that could very well win the President's Trophy as having the best record in the NHL when it's all said and done. There's 20-somewhat games left. Let's say he starts 16, 17 of them. Give me a 11 and, you know, 5 record. Give me a, you know, 12 and 3 record in your last 15 starts. A 12 and 3 record in 15 more starts with a sub 2.3 goals against average. That's Vesna like. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's what you're looking at right now. The favorite to win the award right now is Connor Hellebuck of the Jets. The Jets have had an incredible season. No, not the New York Jets, Fez. Um, the the Winnipeg. There's another team, another sport. Didn't they win like a hundred in a row? That's uh that's no, that was Edmonton. Same country though. <laughs> it, it is the same. Same country. place generally. <laughs> is it? Uh, a bunch of hosers. Hellebuck right now leads the league with a two point two one. Goals against average. He is your favorite. Um, you I've know. given out one hockey play all year. I'm one and zero thanks to Scott. Let's go. Was it the Colorado? Yeah. <laughs> so it it hit again yeah, this I past see, week, yeah. and we'll have another opportunity to do it next week. And then no, we'll have two opportunities to do it in March, 
and that's it. Yeah, we're running out of time. We are running out of time. Got to get it while again. And that opportunity, of course, is. Do we want to? Do we want to gatekeep this or? No, it's this. What well, we kind of is for. All right. We, we kind of tipped our hand. We kind of tipped our hand. We, we, say, we yeah. and we gave it out last week as yeah. well on the Dream Pod. No, it's when a team is playing the second of a back to back in Colorado. So I don't care where they played the day before, but if they're playing with no rest in Colorado, the Avalanche win. What if they played in Mexico City? Doesn't matter. Mm, <laughs> I don't Avalanche know. Avalanche win. Here's the next time we'll have to do it is um, Friday, March 8th. The Wild visit Colorado. April 7th, Dallas visits Colorado. And then April 18th, the Oilers visit Colorado. But that's the last game of the regular season. So I don't know what either of those teams are going to be that's playing true. for. And I don't know who's going to be it's playing probably in those games. better. Might be. Because home teams don't tend to. Mail yeah, it in. Yeah. And you never know. They could be there could be seating on the line that last sure. game. So that could be interesting. But uh Friday, March eighth, we're on Colorado, and then we don't get any more in the month of March. We'll have to wait till April seventh to bet on Colorado again against Dallas. And probably don't bet these at post. You might want to bet these at open. Yes. Yeah. Joining us this morning on Straight Out of Vegas AM, he is fighting. Uh, in in the, on the main card, if I'm not mistaken, this weekend uh, here in Las Vegas, Matt Schnell, Matt Danger Schnell joins us on the program. Matt, how you doing, brother? Doing great. Uh, excited to be here for the first time, AJ. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure, man. Uh, l- let's talk about what's gone on with you in like the last year and a half or so. The last time we saw you was was December of 2022. Uh, and that's a, that's a long time for you. You've been a pretty active dude uh, for most of your career. What was the what was the layoff like for you? And you know what? How are you feeling right now? Uh, you know, relative to you know when you when you were fighting every few months. Yeah, feeling good about things. I've had some time to heal and get better. And uh, yeah, I don't think we've taken any steps back. I think you can expect much of the same from me. The for exactly from the last time you saw me before, I'm gonna get out there, I'm gonna scrap and, and give it my best, and uh, put my best foot forward, push a high pace, and try and get it done. Um, we we took an intentional layoff there for a little bit. I had a son in January, so I wanted to take a couple months for him. But then we had some injuries that happened, and I think I was supposed to fight in June. And then again in November, I got MRSA. I got a bad staph infection that uh, knocked me out of that one. So a little bit of an intentional hiatus there. But uh, the last couple of months, we've been trying to get back out there. So uh, there's been no time wasted over here. Do you feel like maybe sometimes, you know, especially coming off a a knockout, do you feel like sometimes it's good for your body? Like, because this came up with Volkanovsky recently, like, Maybe after a, a big knockout, you take some time away, and sometimes it, it resets your mind, but your body also physically recovers. Your brain recovers. You you believe in that? Like, do you think maybe this could end up being a good thing for you? Yeah, I think I think so. I I, I believe uh, last time I stepped out there, I had spread myself a little thin, and not to take anything away from my opponent who bested me that night, but uh, we were just trying to. My my son was going to be born in January. I was trying to get one more in before he. Uh, arrived and the year had been busy to that point already and I probably could have just shut it down for the year maybe gotten back after it uh, in the new year the sumo derji fight was tough on me too I don't know if I healed all the way from that one before I jumped back in 
And uh, yeah, it is what it is, though. We make the decisions we make. We get out there and we deal with the consequences. What a fight that was, though. Uh, let me tell you, that Suma Derzy fight was incredible. Uh, looking at your looking at your record and seeing the the losses on it, Brandon Roy Val, Alexandre Pantoja, like these are the Rob Font. These are the elite guys, uh, all elite guys at the UFC level. Now you're fighting a guy who doesn't have nearly the experience as you. It seems like Rob Urseg is almost in the position you were five or six years ago. Now they're, like he's looked at as kind of the hot shot prospect, and you're looked at as kind of the guy to say, like, okay, this is the bar for him. Is he over this bar? Like, is it weird for you to consider yourself like, man, I'm a longtime vet now. I'm not the young stud anymore. They're using me to test the young studs now. Does that change your mindset at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is a strange thing, but it's the circle of life. You know, sometimes I look around the mat. I used to be the young gun. I used to be the youngest guy there. Now I look around, I'm the oldest guy there and I'm the oldest guy by a long shot. So it's, uh, it just comes with the territory. You know, this isn't a uh, easy business to stick around in for a long time. And I've been here for a long time. I've been competing and battling it out with some of the best in the world. So yeah, I, it's, it's just how it goes. You know, it's, it's kind of, uh, the process of everything yeah he's the young stud knocking on the door but i've turned away the young stud in the past and i plan on doing it again saturday afternoon from a matchup a stylistic matchup standpoint how do, how do you feel about urseg obviously he's a, a guy who prefers grappling uh it, it's not he's not like useless on the feet but certainly he wants to he wants to grapple he's a solid wrestler uh it, obviously you I, I think you're one of the more opportunistic grapplers uh, certainly in the flyweight division, and there's a lot of them there, but I, I think you're, you're one of the top ones, a lot of head attacks, things like that. You, you find these things uh, in scrambles. Like, how, how do you think that matches up for you? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes loose. Uh, he's struck a lot in his last couple of fights, but I feel as if he will grapple a little bit. We're going to be in the smaller cage, so uh, we're prepared for whatever, wherever the fight goes. Uh, just all I've got to do is, Staying in it, make good decisions, keep my head above water, and I believe that I can compete with this guy. Is this your first time fighting in the Apex? Yes. It, like, are, are you? Is, does it freak you out the idea of, of fighting in front of like a hundred people? Because I, I've I've been to maybe fifteen of these shows here at the Apex, and it's still it, it's wild to me. Like, it, it, there's. There's going to be fewer people here than there were at probably most of your amateur fights. Does, does that weird you out at all, or do you do you do you feed off the crowd? How does it affect you? Yeah, I've fought in front of a ruckus crowd of 19 before. Okay, <laughs> so it's no it's no ain't no thing to me. I'm gonna get out there and dish them out as I always do. Uh, the, the fighting in front of a crowd's cool. It is, but I I fight in quiet rooms every day of my life, so. I don't know. We've, we've put some thought into it. Uh, I certainly have tried to visualize and imagine myself in that arena. I've seen plenty of fights there. And uh, I know the ambiance may be a little different, but uh, at the end of the day, it's just a mother freaking fist fight. And uh, that's what I'm built for anyway. So let's, let's do it. Uh, talk about the training camp. Like, wh who are you working with there in Houston right now? And, and how's it gone? How, like how... How active have you been able to be in the training room? I mean, like you said, you've got a new kid, uh, but it, I assume now it's you're back to the, the grind full time, right? 
Yeah, I bounce around between a couple of places, but I've done the majority of my work at Heritage Muay Thai with Thug Jitsu, uh, the, the Thug Jitsu master, Eve Edwards, and uh, the group of guys that we've put together over there. And I've got Coach Alex Chang, who works with me regularly. We, we see each other more than uh, more than anybody else. And uh, we, we get work constantly. We're always working on the fundamentals of striking and just head movement, good defensive uh, posture, and keeping our feet underneath us. But, yeah, we've been real active. Uh, got a good group over there at Thug U between the Metro guys and the Heritage guys. Uh, and, yeah, I feel good about things. We, we, put in, we put in a long, hard, arduous camp, and uh, I look forward to showing what we've been working on. How do you how do you picture this fight going? Like we, I know a lot of you guys before your fights, you sort of picture how how the things are going to play out. How do you visualize this fight going? I think we scrap for fifteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we scrap for fifteen. We'll see. He's he's tough. He's proven to be durable. I'm going to try to be evasive, stay out of the way, and not get uh, not get caught with some of his long shots, not get pinned up against the fence, not let him score on me and get on top of me. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a 15-minute scrap back and forth, and uh, at the end of it, they're going to raise my hand. Well, Matt, best of luck to you, man. Uh, you're, you're always a pleasure to uh, to see in the cage. I, I think this is a, a, a really interesting matchup, and, and like I said, I, I – I think there's maybe a little value on old Matt Schnell uh, that they're calling a three to one underdog. It seems. Oh, seems, I, I love it. Uh, I love it. I, lo- I love. I love the ones I can't win. I it, love the ones they say this guy's got no chance. What's he gonna do? It, Tune in. If, Tune it feels in. like if this fight happened, like you know, if if you didn't have the layoff, and we, like we we still didn't really know what Steve Ursig was, I feel like there's no way you're an underdog here. They're, they're, the money the money line is basically saying you haven't been working or you're not you're not as good as you were when you left. Sure, sure. And it's incumbent on me to prove them incorrect. But I tell you what, AJ, every time I step out there, it seems as if I'm the underdog. And to be perfectly honest, such is synonymous with my life. I've been this guy my whole life. I've always been an overachiever, an underdog. This isn't new to me, and I love it. I'm going to go out there, put it on the line. Victory never promised. I've, I've never been the type to come out here, pound my chest, and say, I'm going to smoke this guy. He's good. He's excellent. I know he's got a great skill set, and I, I think people are right to be excited about him. But the old dog still got bite, I assure you of that. I, I believe it. Matt, appreciate the time, my brother, and uh, get good luck with the rest of the, uh, the weight cut, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Let's go. Thanks to Matt Schnell for joining us uh, before his fight. I, I love that he was like, we're going for 15 minutes. And he convinced me to play over one and a half rounds, minus 135 in that fight. Like, if he's preparing to go, he's a guy who likes to finish. He's a finisher by like by definition. And he said, this is going to be a 15-minute fight, and I'm getting over one and a half rounds. Is he allowed to say this? I mean, he's. I said, in your. I said, how do you see this fight playing out? He okay. said, I see us battling for 15 full minutes. So if if the if the line I'm being dealt is over one and a half instead of over two and a half, are the rounds nine minutes? They're five minutes each. <laughs> I know. So uh, I'm going to go over one and a half rounds minus 135. But I'm going to give out one more best bet on this, and I'm going to go to the main event and look at Gaziev and Rosenstruck. Under one and a half rounds, you can get that at minus 180. These are two guys who have, uh, to put it politely, cardio issues. Anytime <laughs> there's, there's heavyweights, 
knock heavyweight knockout artist. They're going to want to get in, take care of business, and get the hell out of there. Uh, I I feel like Gaziev is the side, but if, if Rosenstruck wins, he's going to knock him out in the first round because that's how Rosenstruck wins. He knocks people out in the first round. Or Gaziev will take him down because Rosenstruck has terrible defensive wrestling, and he'll submit him in the first round. Either way, I think there's great value on the total. And in fact... Of the 10, I, I played 10 bets on my card this week, my UFC card. I've got 10 wagers. Seven of the 10 are totals, like mm. how long the fight will go, because this, this card has a lot of very wide lines. And I'm not always comfortable laying a minus 550 or minus 600 on a fight because anything can happen in a fight. So I, these are the times when I tend to target more totals and mm -hmm. try to see how I think the fight's going to play out, who's a finisher, who's not. Uh, rem reminder, this is an apex event, so it's in a smaller cage. Then, so at a stadium event, they have a big cage. In the in the, the apex over here, they fight in a smaller cage. Over here, oh, here in Las Vegas, over here, uh, uh, up the, up the highway a little ways. Never right? attended, never attended. Which, where where? But is, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Where is it being held? Which which? It's at the at the UFC apex, like uh, up. Oh, on off the two fifteen. Off the two fifteen. Mm -hmm. I just like see the UFC building. I didn't no idea that was they, actual. Where they have fights there once a month, at least once a month. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it, all their house shows are right there in that building. Wow. So let me ask you, I would think all things being equal, the if they fought in a phone, I don't even know, but uh, but I would think there'd be more knockouts more in a smaller ring. In the small cage, no doubt. Okay. Because I can't, run, I, I can't run away. It's, There's nowhere to hide. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So just if you if you buy my package this weekend, mm -hmm. uh, just be prepared. It's there's. There's not a lot of winners and losers in there. It's a lot of it is when the when the fights will end because I think yeah. that's where the value lies this week. Well, there you have it. Best bets just giving out galore here on this SOV takeover. What'd you think, Fez? I like the fact we hit each and every sport, and as and I learned about MMA, so that was my highlight. All you right, know, with the with the, right. um, yeah. the, venue. the small cage. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, because this is still a dream preview, even though it was an SOV takeover. Fez, why don't you send the people out? Hey. Hey. Be careful out there. See you next week.